Good afternoon. We were just driving by, thought we'd stop in and have some lunch. Yeah, we'll see ourselves. Welcome to Lydia's Last Guest, a podcast for the HBO series Lovecraft Country. I'm Daryl. I'm Rosalind. I'm Sean. And today we're going to be kicking off the second half of the series. We're going to be jumping into episode six, Meet Me in Daegu. Overall, how do we feel about the episode? Rosalind? I like the episode a lot. Sean, okay. I like the episode. I just, like, I'm starting to, I guess the traditional protagonist is just like, the protagonist is the good guy, and I just feel like... (laughs) And so it's torturesome because I'm realizing that it's not about liking the protagonist or liking the main character. It's more about just understanding their their journey. And it seems like all our protagonists are doing things that's not so good. So the one thing I didn't like about the show was just the gratuitous nudity and sex. I wasn't prepared for it because we hadn't seen like full-on nudity thus far, really, other than an occasional butt cheek or something. But that was the only thing I found real disturbing. I get definitely get all of that. Even on top of the gratuitous nudity, there is sex in every single episode thus far. Right. And this episode definitely got more graphic than usual. Right. Um, but with all that considered, <laughs> this is probably my favorite episode so far. Probably because reading the book, Gia doesn't exist. So Atticus is coming back from the Korean War. But what happened in Korea, we have no idea. Mm -hmm. So this is pretty cool for me personally, because there's no research that I could have done and prepared for this episode. Right. And I saw a lot of cool shit. So that's pretty much how I feel about it. I mean, I definitely think there were some illogical decisions by some of the characters. One character in particular, like his whole experience, kind of, I kind of call in a question. It didn't really make sense to me. Uh, why he did this but overall I mean I was super super happy with the episode Um, and I really like that it was mostly in Korean yeah I was about to say that's the part that I love because I love Asian cinema I love Asian culture I love the country it's beautiful so it was like it was exciting it was like almost authentic for them to have the whole first part in Korean and it, it it forced you to delve into their world so I really, I really enjoyed that part. I, that's what kind of took me off guard when I watched it the first time. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to watch this. Like, I got right. to watch it and read it and know what's going on. So, yeah, that was, that was good. Yeah, like, and I didn't get a chance to catch it as it was, as it was airing. Like, my dad is into it now. So as, as I was actually with Sean, and as we were driving, I get a text from my dad. Not that I was texting and driving. I got a text <laughs> from my dad, and... He's like watching a new episode. Um, it's in Korean. Is something wrong? And I'm like, no, it's supposed to be in Korean because I right. knew it was an episode. Right. So he was like, okay, just making sure. And I was like, yeah, you're you're good. Just keep watching. So, so I had a little bit of uh, of uh, a head heads up on what the episode was going to be, but uh, yeah, once I saw it, yeah, seeing it in Korean, I, I was super into it. Right. Um, and I like that the first part of the episode is pre-Korean War. It's, it's pre when it kicks off and then the Americans arrive. And then that's mm-hmm. when the story kind of takes a turn. So I really, I really enjoyed this episode a lot. 
I love the point you made. I love how it started pre-Korean War. So you got to see how Korea was before America came. I feel like it did fit the narrative of the story, being that she was a she was basically a vengeful spirit against men. So she got men at their peak of their lust. So it kind of fitted the narrative. I mean, like I said, like I just wasn't prepared for. I, like I said, I have no problem with the sex mm-hmm. scene. It's just I was kind of surprised or pleasantly surprised and kind of happy with the sex scenes thus far with like I said barely showing much of anything everybody you know there was women just weren't full-on nude as always it was just nice to kind of see that and then when this happened I'm like oh why'd they have to do that to her like I said it, it was great you know visual watching it I mean it was good but it was just like oh like <laughs> I feel like she's the most character in the show now Oh, I love her. I'm a part of the Jihai, okay? I, got- <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Jihai. Yeah, yeah, I'm with it. Yeah. She's definitely more yeah. interesting character in the show right now. Yeah, I'm all about Jia right now. Yeah. And like I said, I love that the whole show was just about her and Korea. Like, there wasn't a lot of bouncing around. It was just that development of her character. Like, I just really love that. And even, I feel like this shows that Atticus isn't the end all to be all he's not the main character it's like yeah. you realize that he's just a small piece like you know what i mean yeah. and even now going forward i'm like i really don't care if i see him again like you know what i mean like <laughs> there's, there's just so much going on like he's just a small part of it oh yeah yeah it's a true ensemble everyone has a story and and that's pretty much how the book is so so i'm i'm very 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 happy before we get into too much detail overall, let's jump into uh, the story, break it down, and um, talk about it. So the story opens up with Gia basically in a theater soaking up American cinema. She's watching, as Sean said, Meet Me in St. Louis, and it's at the part where they're singing the trolley song. And you see Gia dancing to the music and like really like enjoying it. But then it cuts to her just standing there again. And she's pretty much just soaking it all in. Like she's, she seems to be captivated by Judy Garland and these MGM films. And then we get the title sequence and the episode title, Meet Me in Daegu. And what, what I thought were tree branches or tree trunks at first, uh, we find out later are um, uh, tales. <laughs> so, so in the it, opening scene, was she really dancing, or was she just imagining? That's, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, it actually was interesting. She wasn't dancing; it was all in her mind. Yeah, it was all in her head. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, that's what I'm she, like. Was she really dancing, or was she just imagining it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking, to me, the, the visual of her dancing and everything was her basically just soaking it all in and getting it all into her. These dance moves, the music, the language. Because we see she has, like, not a healthy... Yeah, I would guess it's a, a healthy obsession with with MGM picture. I mean, is it healthy in Korea in 1949, 1950, uh, with imperialism going on and everything? In Korea, they just Japan just left. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and tried to wipe out their culture completely, yeah. like to the point of uprooting their their plants and putting in Japanese plants to make it look like Japan. Like it's crazy. It was crazy. Like the shit that was going on. So it's fall of 1949 in Daegu, South Korea. 
Mm-hmm. And we see, what is her name? Sue. Sue. You talking about the mom? The mom. Sue. Sue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We see Sue and Gia. And they're talking about making kimchi. And, and I love Suha. Gia's fashionable romper. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this show is going to have a whole fashion line. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to get nominated for costume design. That outfit was too cute. I was like, I would buy that. <laughs> <laughs> I heard somebody say that Gia was basically like the Korean Letty. They were like, yeah, I mean, because she, like, I love all the outfits, all the costumes. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. The costume design in the show. Yeah. So they're making kimchi and Sue, Sue, I got to get used to these names. And Sue, he is, she's saying that they need a certain spice that their neighbors have. And it gets suggested by Gia that they go borrow it. And then we find out that Suhi's husband is dead. And because of that, no one uh, pretty much respects them. No one wants to talk to them or deal with them. And Gia decides, you know, says that, you know, once, you know, I get my degree, that'll help, you know, bring some respectability back to the house. And mom is like, no, all you need to do is go bring some men home. So. Yeah, and I thought that was funny. I'm like, men, plural, like, why right? like that? I'm like, damn. I'm like, yo, she, she's the worst type of mom. Right. <laughs> She's pimping her daughter out quick fast. That's what I've been, my initial thought was, yeah. After that scene, we go into some speed dating. But prior to that, we get we meet Young Ja. Young Ja? Young Ja. Yeah. Young Ja. Young ja. And Young Ja is uh, basically with a group of other nurses. And she's basically saying how she can get men. Basically saying all she has to do is say, what was it, Opa? You're very attractive. That's that's what her words were. And like, yeah, and Gia's watching this whole time because Gia's like, all right, mom said I got to bring some men. This girl knows how to do it. So she's soaking that in. Right. So they go to the speed dating. She tries to hit a man with that line. He's like, absolutely not. <laughs> and crosses her off on the box. Then she moves on to the next guy. Maybe she was a little too forward for him. Way too forward for him. Wait. Yeah. So then she meets the next guy. And she tries to hit him with some uh, some Judy Garland. <laughs> and he quickly is like, yo, Japan was just here trying to take over and, and get rid of all of our shit. And you're trying to spit this American propaganda at me. Like, you got to do better than that. So he yeah. crosses her off. Right. And, and, like, that's the first sign of, like, imperialism that you really get in this episode. So I like the historical accuracies. I like that they, they like, people aren't in Korea and just, like, being willy-nilly. Like, they're letting you know that yeah. people are coming off of some shit and they're about to get in some other shit. Some so, other shit. So I like that that weighs on the people in, in this country, in this show. That's, that's really cool. And they do that the same when, they're, when they do these episodes in America as well. Um, I really, really appreciate that. So then she meets another guy, and she and this guy seem to hit it off. They both like Judy Garland. It's it's cool, but he cancels her anyway because he'd rather go with Young Ja. Right. So Young Ja invites invites Gia out anyway, and basically is like, yeah, he's square as hell, but he's good to look at. So 
you should come out too and look at him as well or find a man. And I'm wondering though, like, was he part of that whole communist thing? Like, were they going to kind of end up together anyway? Like, even though he probably liked Jihad? That's what I was also thinking. Yeah. I was like, why would he just cross her off like that? Right. Like, they really hit it off. So I had a theory about Young Ja too. She's a lesbian. <laughs> uh, yo, that's that's why because she was definitely caressing Gia's hand yeah. when she invited her out. Yeah. yeah, I thought she was trying to pass her a commie note. But... I didn't think we got to that part yet, but yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When she invited her out. Yeah. Because even well, when they were talking, she was talking about being different and yeah, holding her hand. It seemed and all more. That. Yeah. Yeah. And just the tone of her voice. Like, why would she all sit to one? <laughs> yeah, it seemed a lot more. And she's like, our parents don't know what's best for us and things like that. Was that the first was that the first time they had spoken? Was that the first thing no. I would say? <laughs> That's why I said, said that to her like numerous of times. I will say that was was that or that was later, right? Yeah. Because all right, she invites her out. And that's when we get the Korean band singing the Mexican song. What is it? Besame Mucho? Yeah. All right. That's when we get that. And that's when Gia finally takes home a man. She takes him home. Now, he should have been tipped off when she lit one candle and they all illuminated. Like, what? (laughs) I was like, hold on. (laughs) Why is nobody concerned about that? But then I asked a male... And I was like, okay, so if you walked in the room and someone lit one candle and all the candles lit up, that wouldn't like trigger you. He was like, I would turn around. He was like, when you're horny, you. I would turn around. Oh my god, it's witchcraft! I'm out. Nah. I'm out. It's witchcraft. I'm out. That's right. That's right. I know witchcraft, witchcraft. when I see. Yep. I gotta That's go. I'm like, I would have been like, whoa. He was like, well, he was horny. I'm like, but I mean. Oh, nah. Oh, nah. I know witchcraft when I see it. I'm out. Uh-uh. I'm not dealing with that shit. That's crazy. Nah, I'm good. So he decides to get in the bed with Gia after that shit. And um, that's when we see the cameo. When <laughs> he climaxes and we see the uh, the first of the nine tails come I'm a guess out of her ass into his. That's what I was about to ask y'all. Did it go in his? Oh that yeah. Look like. That's yeah. definitely look like. I, I, I feel like one tail went into every orifice. orifice. Or, yeah, every yeah. orifice humanly every possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, we see that, and that's that's like okay. There's nothing to tip us off that that's what's going on with Gia prior to that scene. Right. At all. Okay, so, I mean, that shit was crazy. I got a and quick question. What's up? How the fuck do they get rid of all that blood? Um, Because the windows is like paper, like that yeah. paper material. So the blood is soaked into it. The mom has this one little cloth. She's <laughs> Right. She's cleaning up the whole room with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you. She's done this 90 times. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. As she's cleaning up, she's like, 10 more. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> Yo, it must take her probably like a week to clean the room. It has no, to. But her room is like see-through. No one notices this? No one sees this? Oh, hey, man. I don't know, bro. So, so uh... We find out she's a Kamiho. Now, a Kamiho is a nine-tailed fox. 
spirit box. Yeah, that originated in China. In every other Asian folklore, I believe the the they have different names. Right. I believe yeah. that they're like good, but in Korea it's bad. I think yeah. Korea is the only one where it's bad. And it always deals with the number 100. There's always something that correlates to it. It's usually in the form of a woman, and it's usually to destroy bad men. Yeah. Um, but there's always some correlation with the number 100. 100 days, 100 souls, something with 100 at all times. Um, so that's what Gia is. And then the Americans arrive. Gia is at the movies. And she's trying to watch Irving Berlin's Easter Parade. And while that happens, the screen burns out. I don't understand how that happens. Um, and then they find out that the Americans are outside. And the Korean War has started. And they're there to save the day, apparently. So the American just, propaganda is being yeah. thrown everywhere. I was everywhere. about to say, because that film they were watching was like propaganda. Yeah. So it was kind of like almost ideal. Like, as soon as they walk outside, that's what's happening. Yeah, it was more imperialism coming, pretty much. So after, those commies can't risk the spread. That's right. <laughs> <Can't> destroy <our laughs> capitalism. <laughs> so after that happens, we go back to the home of Ji and Soon Hee, and as they're speaking, we get the basically the rules of the cameo that soon we get everything that Soon Hee, her daughter was being raped by her husband, and so I guess exact revenge on the husband and save her daughter. She went to a shaman, a, a, uh, what is it? Mudang. Mm-hmm. And she basically summoned the Camille spirit, the nine tailed devil Fox and put it inside of Gia to exact revenge on her husband. Do you, do you think Gia was killed by the husband? No, no, she no. Was. I think Gia's alive. No, I thought they said that he killed her. Yeah. I'm pop- like, I thought they, he killed her. She went to the shaman. The shaman put the Camille spirit in her. Into the dead body. Once she kills 100 people, that's what she was thinking her, her daughter would come back. That's what I was going to ask. Was the first spirit the father that she collected? Yeah. It sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would guess so. Yeah, that's what I would guess. And if you ask him if, the, if, the, if she was dead, you knew she was dead. Why didn't you just say that? All right. No, I was just, I was just trying yeah. to clarify. It. I didn't know, so you no. knew, you should have just said that. I was just trying to clarify. It. I'm like, hold on, I'm making sure we all heard the same thing. Yeah, man. Shoot, if I miss something, you just catch it. All right. All right. <laughs> so he killed her. So he killed her. Yeah, he killed her. All right. So, so yeah, I definitely think the father was the first spirit that was the first soul that was collected. So after we get the Camille rules and, and the whole story about Gia, soon he basically is like, yo, go get some Americans. <laughs> like, those are the last couple of souls you need to collect. And then I get my daughter back. So that's what you need to go do. So then we get and then young Jack. Like, convinces her to do it by what, saying that the Americans are raping women, that they're supposed to be protecting. And- mm-hmm. They're just as bad as the Japs that were just here. So that gives her incentive to go out. One thing I would say I I like and I dislike the betrayal of our military. Because to me, I think that shit was accurate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But 
Everything they did, I believe it was fucking accurate. But like they said, the Korean War was like the least talked about. It's the least televised. Mm-hmm. There's not much information on the Korean War. I think there's one book, The Coldest Winter, just like memoirs yeah. and stuff in there. But um, yeah, they. I even in school, you like you don't hear much about the Korean War, like because people attach it to World War II in a way, right. like you know. So we don't really have much to go on. Like even just looking up. Um, for me, like for for you know being a nurse, me looking up just nursing in Korea mm-hmm. during that time, I couldn't find anything. Like just to see, you know, I do know like that was the start of like the mash, you know, the mash units and stuff like that. But like I couldn't find much of anything, and the only information I could find was American nurses in Korea during that time. I couldn't find anything on. Korean nurses, the only thing I could find was like the comfort women that you know that you heard mentioned. Yeah. Like, and that's only because now, only up until a couple of years ago, they're still trying to sue the Japanese government for that. It was like you know, 200,000 uh, Korean women forced into sex slavery Damn. during that during that time, during the time of World War II and you know, Korean War. So that's the only information I could really find on it. Yeah, that, that's imperialism at its finest, pretty much. Just trying to but, basically wipe out all of that shit. Just something happens later in the show that we're going to talk that we're going to cover. But it brought me back to when my buddy brought me to an army recruiter. Man, this is back in the day. I was kind of excited to go think about going to the military, and I asked him one question. I like, what happens if I'm ordered to do something that I feel morally wrong? He said, "Oh, you don't have to do it. You, you'll be fine." And I looked at his face, and I didn't. And He's telling you lies and deception. You yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so when he said that, I'm like, "All right, thank you." And looked at my boy and got up and left. But huh. so, like I said, something happens later in here, and that's that's the kind of moment I was talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's just like cops, like, mm-hmm. like, like. There's a lot of shit that I'm sure. Some of them see that's morally wrong, but they just stand there, you know. Mm. Like they, they're, they're. It's a code they can't go against their brothers, you know. It's bullshit, but right. I mean, it, it, it's it's the code, you know. That that fraternity, basically. Right. Um, <clears throat> let's continue on before I start getting all. BLM and and, and <laughs> protesty and stuff. So let's keep going. <laughs> um, so soon he tells Gia, go get some Americans because they're just as bad as those Japs. And then we get Young Ja and Gia. And Gia basically lets Young Ja know, like, yo, I know you're a communist. I heard you talking to that guy that I thought was your boyfriend. But yeah, y'all were talking about communist shit. It doesn't matter to me. It's fine. I'm different too. And young Jai's like, fuck you mean you're different too. Like, what are you saying? So she's like, my mom wants me to be something I'm not. She, and this is crazy because young Jai's a communist. And now she's all about individuality. She's telling, right, you know, and, like the take that she, the stance that she's taking is just like you're a communist, but you're all talking about freedom to be who you are. And I'm and, just like, but, but now before you go there, like I said, me as a nurse, something else stood out in that scene, like prior to that, when they were bringing the soldier in and 
it's just that uh, the abuse that we take as nurses still, like he's calling her every name in the book and she's trying to help him. And it's like, it's, you know, it's a thing that we have called workplace violence. And it's just the abuse that nurses take and we just take it in the line of duty. Like, well, he hit me, but he's out of his mind. So we just want to let it go. Like, you know what I mean? It's like right. lots of things that we t- tolerate that we don't speak on. And, and like they always say, it's underreported because in the same way, like you were just talking about the police, it's like, okay, if you report it, it's almost like, okay, everybody knows you're doing all this paperwork, you're doing all this stuff for what? Like, you know what I mean? And you're kind of like made to feel like, why bother? So. Right. That was one thing that just the, the abuse that they were taking as nurses and in trying to help these people, and they were just hell bent on just abusing them. Yeah, and make to make make matters thing worse. Nineteen fifty, nineteen fifty South Korea. It's American soldiers in a war, and they're yelling at them, and they're like, "Yo, you gotta look at like, especially for the nurse aspect. You're invading my country, killing my people." I'm trying to help you, and like you said, and I got to deal with this. Yeah, and to make matters even worse, Roz is a nurse. This episode was packed with nurses, and I just now made that connection. I, Roz should have been leading this entire episode. Like, <laughs> like she sees it from a perspective that we don't. Because, honestly, like as I was making my notes, a lot of the stuff that the nurse aspect of it, I kind of just glossed over. Because, <laughs> like, I didn't... I. Uh, instantly identify with it or connect right. with it you know the one scene with the nurse that i did connect, when it's the scene that you just referred to when i think it's gia that gets grabbed and he calls her a gook right yeah yeah and young ja injects him with with a readily available syringe of who knows what yes and puts him <laughs> <in>. um, <laughs> it was the 1950s guys it was the 1950s <laughs> You had to use what you had. Right. You had to use what was available And it was right there. Right. But yeah, th- those were those were definitely things like that I picked up on. But like an, uh, all the all the other stuff, I kind of like just glanced over. Um, so yeah, see, this is why your voice is super necessary because these are things that we wouldn't pick up on typically. So after that, we get yeah, communist Ja supports individuality and as she's talking to her that she said like the look on jihad's face and she's like we're all human this is what i was yeah this one i was getting the feeling that young child was a lesbian because of her mannerisms with that dialogue Mm -hmm. and then i looked back when they had interaction at the speed dating how she was holding her hand i'm like something's more to it than what it seems yeah I mean, we didn't get to see it go anywhere, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, the good thing is, like, Gia just saw her as just a really good, caring friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. The first time she's ever felt cared for and touched. And, lo- you know, because, like, like she said, that was kind of yeah. the first time she's, like, really been touched in that way, like, in a loving, friendly feeling. Yeah, she that, that was definitely her, her purpose in the narrative, was to definitely provide Gia with that comfort and and she did it to to and it's ironic that it was through her that it ended up being with Atticus yes Um, right you know so as young Ja and Gia are talking 
she uh Gia notices that one of the American soldiers is glancing and smiling over at her. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the parts that I thought was really funny because it's Gia and Ja talking. She looks back and sees this guy smiling. And the the next scene, it like cuts to mom cleaning up like one more. Like, yeah. like you just you know, like she took him home. Killed right. him. And you didn't feel bad because like right before that, young Ja has said, like, look at the American shoulders. They're just standing around. So she had a little bit of contempt for them at that point. So it's like, yeah, he's next. Guy out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So after um number ninety-nine, Gia pretty much like just lays it all out on the table about as far as like how her memories work and everything. I love that scene. Right? Yeah. That oh was, man, oh that was powerful. God. When she uh, her voice and the you know just the change. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. When she uh, started singing the lullaby, <laughs> and then yeah. she's like, "I taught my daughter that." And then she was like, "I'm staying up late to read." And then, so, and then I was <laughs> like, "Okay." <laughs> oh shoot! Like she was giving it to her. Like yeah. yeah. And then was like, "I know that because." She used to sing it as he raped her. It's his memory that I have, not hers. And she sent she sent Soon He out the door crying, like. Right. And then oh. the, and on top of that, like it was you brought me back to that whole parent thing of them thinking they know what's best, but yeah. at the at the expense of their kid. You know what I mean? It's like she, who knows if she knew he was raping her. But to save face and be prominent in the community, she was like she said, she was a pariah. She had a child out of wedlock. Yeah. So who knows if that was her sacrifice of knowing that he was raping her her daughter, but she had an image to uphold. It was the, it was a sacrifice for having the lifestyle that she wanted and and needed. Jen kind of said that she said, "You knew what he did. Like he he specifically chose you." Right. Yeah, it was, so it was, uh, it was tough. It was tough. Yeah, Gia ripped her a new one. Sure um, and and yeah, Gia really wanted to read late at night tonight, so <laughs> she let her know. <laughs> but I don't, I felt like that line was him saying that to her. Okay. Like Gia was saying that as the father, saying that to the wife so that he can go rape. Oh, that's oh, a nice. Damn, Damn, that's a nice outlook. I didn't see that. The way her voice changed, like as if she was a little gruff in it, mm-hmm. I, I took it as she was speaking as the stepdad, speaking okay. to the woman, to the mom, you know. So that was like, so that was like the code, oh, I'm going to rape your daughter tonight. Damn. Yeah, in a way. Like that was her, him telling her, like, go take your ass to bed so I can finish doing what I need to do, type of thing. So I will be. Looking out for that in uh, watch number seven when we finish recording. Uh, <laughs> so after after Gia rips soon he a new one. Now we get to when Gia met Atticus. So communist spy Ja is pretty much revealed as uh, well. There's a communist within the ranks of Gia's nurses. The nurses. So they get dragged out to. Um, I guess like just just the side of the road pretty much and lined up and one of the soldiers basically is like look one of you is a communist we know you understand English so until someone starts talking we're going to start basically killing y'all going down the line 
right. So he kills the first one. He goes to kill the second one. He's out of bullets. He calls a private over. So private comes over. We find out it's Atticus. Without hesitation, Atticus just blows this. Yeah. I mean. And, and this then, is the that I was talking about. And then he puts the gun, he points the gun at Gia. And then that's when Young Ja jumps up. She sounds like a rapper. That's when Young Ja jumps <laughs> jumps in front and reveals herself as the communist. Right. Um, she gets dragged away. Atticus goes with. And if anything, that proves her love for Gia right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. her willing to sacrifice herself, you know, for her. That definitely, uh, you know, points out. Yeah. Um, so they take them away. How did y'all feel about that? Like seeing Atticus be the one to pull that trigger. It was just like, I felt like that was a different person. Like he just had, he was in, he was in soldier mode. Like there was no conscience. There was no morals. It was, I got an order. I did it. That's it. Like there was, was no very, feeling at all. Very robotic, right? Yeah. Yes. And that was the upset moment I, I'm referring to earlier when I said I had a conversation with the military recruiter and that was my, that, that's where my mind went when I asked that question. Because the last time we know that we know on record that something like this happened was during the Afghanistan war when American soldiers was forced to fire, fire upon um, news reporters. Oh, wow. This is recent. This happened and this is 1950s you're, and you're showing this in the movie that this still goes on now. So when he said, oh, no, you, you, nothing to happen. I just looked at him like you're lying. Right. Yeah. And just walked out. Like, I'm gonna Like for me personally, like seeing Atticus do this, it's I I it's not that I thought that he never killed anyone, but I never thought that he did the horrific things that we've seen blood. him do. Yeah, in cold blood like that. Yeah. And I was thinking like you, Daryl. I'm thinking, okay, yeah, we knew he had to do uh, horrific things, but I would I would think that he would be reluctant, or he would you would see that reluctance in his face. He did it painstakingly. It was like it begrudgingly, but he was just like, ah. oh, like yeah. no, like you know. Yeah, and when I saw him do that, it got me thinking. Okay, first episode, he's on the bus with that with that woman, and then they start walking, and then he says he ran to the war to get away from his father. His father's hella violent. So he ran to more violence to, to get away from that violence. Like, yeah. I'm like, hold on, bro. But like you said, what he went through with his dad kind of pre- prepared him for what he had to do there. Yeah, but that's, that's <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't but, know. All right, what other what, what options do you have? We just don't know. He was chilling in Florida after he left, after he got out of the Korean War. He wasn't no, going to Chicago. I'm not saying that when he left his dad. We said we know he left one violent situation and went to another violent situation. But what option did he have? After leaving Chicago? He could have went to leaving, Florida. After leaving home. Yeah, he could have went to Florida. But I no. feel like the military was an escape back then for a lot. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, he didn't have that option just to go to Florida right then. Like, the military gave him that option to go to Florida. Safe Negro travel guide. Come on, bro. That they they're they're out there to find places for these people to be able to go to. 
you know. So now nah. he he ran from violence for more violence because he's a violent person. <laughs> like Atticus has demons, and yeah, we definitely know he got some demons. Yeah, yeah, he he's got demons. Like, like they've shown that throughout the series. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It, it was cool because, all right, he is, for all intents and purposes, the hero of the story. But it, it, it was cool to see, all right, the hero is flawed. Like, he's not your cookie-cutter hero like we see in all the other stories. Um, and we and we glorify those those heroes. He's he's human. You but know, like that's I said, like, he, the, being the protagonist, the protagonist of the story is supposed to like him. They're not supposed to do anything right. bad. They're supposed to... You know, but these people are doing horrific things, and because they brood about it later, we were we we're kind of conflicted. It's like, okay, like I know, you know, they did this really bad thing, but they're supposed to be the good guy. So you know what I mean? Right, I just, but it, it's like you just said earlier, Ross, and it comes to just understanding, right? It, and that's, that's all it, you it's can not do. Not about liking or disliking; it's just mm-hmm. understanding they why they are the way they are, and they're they're mm-hmm. human. Like you said, they're just. They're a person and they're human, and it, 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 this show definitely is, makes us think different because we're used to there being, like you said, they're being a good guy and a bad guy. Not the bad guy doing bad things, and they're really bad things, not just to a bad person. It's just bad things. Right. I mean, what for this show? If like this episode in particular, it makes me wonder. Okay, what's the end game? Because. If we're finding out that they all have the, these these horrific things in their past that they've pretty much been repressing for so mm-hmm. long, like, is there going to be some resolution? Is there going to be, like, a group therapy session in the finale? <laughs> like, what's going to happen? Like, I need to see how they're going to overcome these issues. Yeah. You know, so, I don't know. I'm interested, though. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested. I'm definitely signed up. So after... Uh, Communist spy jog is taken away. I'm guessing months go by and Gia and Atticus are reunited in the hospital after a bomb goes off and Atticus is hospitalized. Yeah. Um, he's trying to read The Count of Monte Cristo, his father's favorite book. No, um, like when she talk about when she first sees him, the rage. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. The oh, rage yeah. in her, I felt that. Like it was pulling. I was just like, girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. She wanted to kill him right there. there. She had to go outside. Like, yes. Blood she, on her hands still. She had to go. Oh, yeah. She definitely had to go outside. But she let she wanted her him right there. And I was for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, real shit. I didn't really like Atticus in this episode. Like, yeah. yeah I didn't like, really. I mean, we know what happens. But like I said in that scene, like I said, my, my daughter was in the room when we were watching it, but she'd never seen the show. So she doesn't know Atticus is the, you know, is in the show. Oh, wow. Kevin, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get killed unless he gets killed because of like life, but <laughs> right. Yeah. But he's actually, gonna get out of it. Actually, Daryl, that does bring us back to that scene when he in episode two. When he when he when he's having that vision, he has to kill people. When he has to kill um Gia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that does bring us back to that scene where him just having to kill women in general, and him like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Oh, okay. Okay. Because he, he evidently just seeing he did it, and he's still conflicted by it, and he's he's still hurting by it. Right. 
Okay. Okay. So that that was uh, his his mm-hmm. uh, what what his what his uh, experience in the Twilight. Yeah. Like they couldn't they they couldn't paint it as though it was in a scene where he had a gun and they were, he was just holding it to her head. He had to be fighting for his life, but he still didn't want to do it. Yeah, it had to be something. Yeah, it had to have been something where it presented him with a choice. Yeah, yeah, a choice where that he he, the decision was inevitable. Um, word. Okay. Yeah, it, it definitely it definitely uh, shines some light on that scene from episode two. I didn't think about that because I because I remember watching it and I was like, all right, I understand what George's is about because he's fast, and I understand what Letty's is about. But yeah, Atticus was always a question mark. But um, then he comes out and he's like, he's crying. He wants to tell. He wants to tell. Oh yeah. And then Uncle George's foul ass told him yeah. to be quiet. Yeah. Repress, so repress your trauma, subject. son. Be angry yeah. later yeah. when I'm not around. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle George is trash. Let's keep going. I don't want to get get on Uncle George anymore. R.I.P. Uncle George. Yeah, man. Yes. Uncle George can kiss my ass. All right. Let's keep going. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, months months go by. Tick, yeah, he's trying to read the Count of Monte Cristo after the bomb goes off and he's hospitalized. And Gia decides not to kill him immediately. And as he's pissed off because his glasses are broken, he can't read. And he got a black eye. <laughs> and he got a black eye. You you see him pout like in the bed, and and you realize okay. Six a little boy, like, yeah, like yeah. in this scene. I'm guessing he's he's in his early twenties, if not late teens. Right. I'm you thinking know. like 18, 19 years old, because he left right, you know, right after, right? Right after yeah. he's gone. Yeah. yeah. So you see him crying, and then and then I think that that's when he came to the realization that he made a bad decision. He shouldn't have gone to the Korean War, and he shouldn't have enlisted. He should have uh, probably kept his ass home or went to Florida like safe Negroes do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ain't no safe Negroes went to Florida. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> A lot of shit done happened in Florida, bro. <laughs> like I ain't no safe Negroes went to Florida. Yeah, I heard yeah. isn't it Naples that they always see they they see uh, alien sightings and stuff. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We're we're in the safe Negro travel guide. It say going to Florida is a safe place. I don't have a copy, so when when you get your hands on one, you let me know. I will hit my boy Uncle George up for one, but he's no longer with us. Uh, yeah, we see how good his guide was. All right, so um, he follow his own damn rules. That's what the hell happened. <laughs> that's, that's that's Uncle George for you. So Tick realizes he made a bad decision. Then I guess oh, a couple days or a week goes by. Gia comes to change the bed. Atticus tries to help her. She's like, no, you don't have to do that. He's like, I need something to do. Tries to get her to read the Count of Monte Cristo. She's like, well, you don't need to finish this. This is the ending. And it's stupid. And he's pretty much like, well, that sounds like the movie ending, not the book. So you don't know what you're talking about. So we get a little movies versus books. Yeah, uh, yeah I like that. And I liked it. I liked it. And then we get our Korean War love story. Because that goes full uh, circle to even this show right here. I've only ever saw the movie Count of Monte Cristo. I don't know the book version, but it almost feels like 
it's it's a lot in this show the, that story Count of Monte Cristo, and I think it's going to be prevalent. Like that, he said that's the book version or the mm -hmm. movie version. And, you know, like there's a difference in the endings. Yeah. So maybe that's like they're trying to play on like versus the TV version versus the book version is going to be different. So I, I think that that could possibly, yeah, I definitely think that's that's a possibility. Um, yeah, because they keep bringing this book up. Too. Yeah. Like it's it's very important. Um, so we'll see we'll see how that connects. And the the whole betrayal, like you know what I mean, the betrayal aspect. So I can't wait to see who gets betrayed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so uh, we get that whole thing, and yeah, that pretty much kicks off their little romance. Um, He's outside recovering and she's outside and, and she's saying how she wants to see Summerstock, but because of the war, she doesn't know if she's going to be able to see it. They, they, they close they, the theater. Right, right. What did, what did it say on there? It said com, communist sympathizers or something. Red, red something. I forget what it said. Red something, but yeah, communist sympathizers or something like that. I forget what yeah, it said. Something like that. So they end up... That, actually having a, a really good conversation where they basically talk about how they both escape to these different mediums from uh, their parental issues. And Gia says to him, which is the same thing that young Josh said to her, we have to stop letting their fear shape us, referring to their parents. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the really, really good pieces of dialogue in the episode. I think mm -hmm. there's that, and there's another line later on. But that line... Uh, is really good because I feel like that's that's applicable to more than just their story. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's applicable to to the generation succeed in the previous. It's 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 applicable to it's applicable to any anybody that's the successor to someone else or yeah. offspring. Anything. Don't let the fear of the previous shape what you do. You know. So I really I really dig that line. So after that, we get their first date, and it was cool. Um, one thing that was that was interesting was the Korean soldier, um, Atticus's, the Korean American soldier, Atticus's friend. Yeah, when they went to get Gia and bring her in, and and the way that he had to basically. Uh, when the soldiers were like, when he told the soldiers, "Oh yeah, you can have her next if she can still walk," yeah. it's like that. That was normalized, and it was st it's still pretty much normalized. Like, it's normalized. Yeah, that type of that type of talk, you know. And it's like, wow, like that shit's incredibly probably. Like he said, he had that Koreans weren't allowed on the base anymore unless for one purpose, and then that's what she said. You know, does he think I'm a comfort woman? Right. And so that was the only way he could get her on the base was to make them think she was a prostitute, basically. Yeah. Damn. You know, one thing we glossed over when Atticus was still in the hospital in the outside scene with the Asian guy. Oh, well, I mean, we talked about when that. Yeah. Because that's when they... Yeah, because that's when they really talk about their... their... about the fear and all that. That's what... No, nah, that, that was before. That's before. Atticus went. That was before Atticus got out the hospital. Yeah, I mean, what well, when they go outside, they talk about the movies versus the books, escapism, their parental issues. No, um, not that. When um, in the when, summer stock. When we meet the when we meet the yeah, when we meet the Asian guy, right? And he's talking about when she said you should stay in Korea when you're when you're done, right? Right. And he said 
No, they call me a go- they call me a, what they call me a gook. Oh well, okay. So yeah, we didn't, we didn't talk about of, some kind of derogatory term. Yeah, we didn't talk. We didn't talk about him. That he's he's basically in the position that that I would say the African American is in in this country. And I I, I love when he said that because that's a conversation that me and you always talk about, Daryl. How yeah, like, we're, just, we're, we're always going to be men about the country, no matter what. And they that brought that to the for, forefront, even with an um Korean guy in America in 1950s. Like, yo, I'm not a welcome there. I'm not welcome here. And same for, same for African American men. We're not welcome in America. We can't go to Africa. Yeah, and like that's that's um something that that I think that being Black Americans that we don't realize just off the top of our heads that like other people go through that same exact shit as well. Yeah, like whenever you're a hyphenated nationality, you're looked at a little bit differently. Like if you're if you're a um, if you're English English but of Jamaican descent, you're looked at a little differently. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like I don't know. You know what? I don't know because Jamaicans embrace them. <laughs> like so. Like I don't know. I think it might just be us. And I, I just, mean, they call them Yankee. They call them you know like Jamaicans from the yard as as they say. Right. Jamaicans from the yard. They're they're, they're Jamaican. They're full blown. But if you're not, you know they they have little slang terms, but it's not as vilified or you know what I mean. It's not that bad. They they make note of it. They do, but they don't discriminate against you. You know what I mean. That's that's yeah. the key part. Like, are you being discriminated against? You know. Yeah. Yeah, and and. Clearly, this dude was being discriminated against, and, and but it's been like that in every every war. You look at World War Two. You look at Japanese Americans. They were put in concentration camps. They were sent to fight the war for America, and you were put in concentration camps. I mean, you can go back even further than that, though. <laughs> I mean, with us, with slaves, you know, yeah, it's, like, like, it's like we, you know, in every American war, it's, it's the same story. Like what you can do for us. Yeah. Yeah. And the and the ironic part of it is that's what the whole Revolutionary War was based on, the fact that America didn't feel represented by Great Britain. You know what I mean, Britain. So that's why the you know, the whole uh Boston Tea Party happened. Oh, and all that. So it's like you fought for that. You fought for your, you know, the what taxation without representation. <laughs> So it's like you want to take from us, but you don't want to give to us. So it's like as long as we can, you know, provide and do for you, it's fine. So it's like for us, for now that you know, now that you know, African Americans want their freedom and they want their representation, we're not supposed to rebel. You did it. History shows. Yeah, they forget that all independence is born out of revolution, and (laughs) they don't get that. It's it's like what. It's like, all right, if you say so, but yeah. I'm just saying, you, they did it their damn selves. Come on now, y'all gonna right? get me all BLM in here. Come on now, come on now. I'm wearing all French black Revolution. already. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I haven't been to a protest in a couple weeks. I'm itching. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't want to throw us off topic, but that was something I felt that it needs to be brought up. It was a for me watching the show. I thought it was a big moment for people of color to look realize that we're we're always going to be facing this war. We're always going to be facing this problem, no matter what. But I feel like too, Sean. I feel like black people don't look at other 
minorities that way because everybody discriminates against us. Yeah. 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 Everybody does. So it's like, I don't know yeah. because you're calling me something too. Like, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, shit, I mean, during this Korean War, I mean, there, I'm sure there were plenty of Koreans calling those black soldiers niggers. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Not yeah, knowing yeah, what the word even means. Is, whatever their derogatory term is for black person, that's oh, what yeah. we called, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I'm sure any any offspring that happened during that, they weren't accepted. Oh, no. Uh, no. So. But, um, All right, Adele. Yeah, but, I'm like... I was saying, saying, because you kind of see that in a lot of like Taiwanese cultures, like dark skinned Taiwanese people aren't accepted because they're more so descended from they had somebody black in their in their heritage. Good. Let's talk about this first date, all right? Because y'all get me all riled up. All right. Let's talk (laughs) about this. All right. So Gia makes her way onto the base um, in the guise of a comfort woman. Uh, makes her way into the tent and Atticus is standing there with a spotlight on him holding a flower looking cute as hell check this guy out uh, she goes, and then and then what does he say to her Judy Garland's got competition she said you sure don't like, yeah, this yeah out. Right. but anyway. it was like that when she said that even still like knowing what's coming next she still had that mindset she was still focused she still had oh, that- yeah yeah, so they see the movie, they kiss, she decides she's cold, but she knows what'll warm her up. <laughs> so they go back to her place, like the previous 99 men. Atticus puts you 100. Yeah, Tick, Tick lets her know he's a virgin. <laughs> and she's... And she's that like... Did it in. She was going for it. Like I said, even all that little playful... You know, flirtation and back oh, yeah. and forth. She yeah. still was like, "I'm getting this." Like, you know, what I mean? mm-hmm. like, but this. when Tick said, "I'm a virgin," she's like, "I'm not." Yeah, that didn't throw my nigga back at all. Yeah. I was like, I was looking yeah. at again. Like that was that was real quick. Yeah, I was like, oh man, I was like, yo, Atticus about to die. <laughs> so no, he must be a professional. <laughs> So they start getting it in. She's um, she's fighting the tails back. And, no, 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 um, not yet. Not yet. What you no, mean? That? The first time he tells her she's a virgin, and then what well, kind? Like she starts starting to kiss, and then she kicks him out. Yeah, because she. I mean, I would, I would think she was trying her best to restrain. Oh well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah, but okay, but I mean, I don't feel like the tails come out until she's like into like they're in the mood to the moment. Wait, you, you that's think a good it, question. Like, two, she's like it, it having intercourse, and two, she's like literally in the moment. I don't feel like the tails come out. Okay, but it seems like it's her willpower, though, because I mean that doesn't really necessarily matter. We learn like she can have sex without the tails coming out. Yeah, yeah she asked him. She said she has to hold them in. She said she can control them. Yeah, I don't know. But See, I, it's like, can they come out just by themselves? Prior to yeah, maybe I just think they can. I think they can come out prior to because she kicked Atticus out and Atticus still had his pants on. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. They have sex. Yeah. So it's like, they didn't see anything. I feel like she was just realizing that she had real feelings for him at that moment. And if yeah. she would have continued, 
Oh, what would have happened? Been like, it should have been like Joker dropped in pants. Yeah. And then, okay, and then they would have. Like, what my man screamed when he climbed out up Everest? Oh, Yahoo! Yeah. Yahoo! If he knew it would have happened, she would have continued. Gotcha. Okay. So she's like, yo, let me stop and like get my get my get my crap together. Let me figure this out. All right. So Atticus grabs his so, shirt and runs out. I think Atticus telling him telling her that he was a virgin was the best thing possible. Yeah. I think so too. I definitely think so too. I think that's because it. now like, she she found out that he's not raping the women that he's mm-hmm. sworn to protect like soon he was saying earlier in the episode. Right. She knows she knows he killed her best friend, but at the same time she kind of knows the man he is and like how that was struggling with him. And I think at this point she understands that her friend was a communist. And understands not that like she can But I think she's a lesbian communist though, I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> not that she condones it, but I think that she understands like what the games of war yeah. are at this point. Right. You know, and, and she, she's able to, because she actually says it later on that she sees how this war is torn him apart, you know, which is, which is crazy. Now, all right, before I continue on, we find out the Camille has feelings. Um, she tells Soon-He all of that stuff. And Soon-He is like pretty pissed off about it. Like, bruh, I, I had a deal. How are you telling me you have feelings for this guy? No, <laughs> that's not possible. You're a monster. It's it, you can't have these feelings, but before I go further, this is this this is my preferred love interest for Atticus. Like I like Letty, but I like this love story yeah. way more. It's, it's way more fireworks with this love story. Yeah, way Like I like everything that they have, to, and they're overcoming crazy shit. Like not that, not that he's not overcoming crazy shit with Letty. G is saved him. I yeah, mean, Tick saved Gia. It's, it's, no, it's Gia love. saved nah, G, yeah, They saved each other. They saved each other. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, like, when he says to Letty in the last episode, "Well, this is real." I thought I was in love before, but this is real. But I feel like Gia was his first love, really. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And he seemed to really care. He was questioning going back. He he did love her, so to compare it and say it's not real, you know, that wasn't real or whatever, like, I feel like kind of does GI disservice. You're just gonna say, what makes the situation with Letty real? I mean, they... Atticus just ain't shit. He just saying this to her because she... He was a virgin, man. That was his first, man. He didn't know what was going on. Uh, Man, please. Atticus was my man in the beginning, but yo, bro, he ain't shit. Ain't nothing. (laughs) This dude, he just as bad as the rest of them. Do you guys, because the mom didn't look like she was kind of telling the whole truth. Like, do you believe that's really what's going to happen? She didn't seem too, too sure. Like, that's once she gives the not the hundred souls, she was going to turn back human. It was almost like she was having a pipe dream in a way. That's what I was curious, too. I'm like, is she serious about that? But kind of at the end, kind of at the end made me question that. When right. they meet the shaman, they're like, I don't know what to believe because the shaman didn't hint to me anything otherwise. All right. Yeah. I don't think she has a clue. Yeah. I yeah. Don't think she has a clue. 
Just the she, way she, it sounded like she was making it up as she was talking, or just to tell her what she think she wanted wanted to hear, like what was her real motive for you know getting this spirit thing, like you know what I mean? Like I don't know, it's just it didn't I, seem like she knew the truth or she was telling. Yeah, her. I think she, I think she was, I think she was saying what she was told, but I don't think she actually thought that that's really what it was. Because even the Julio act like they didn't really know. Like she, I mean, Gia act like she didn't know either. Like, wouldn't oh, yeah, Gia has no idea. <laughs> Gia has no, she just going for the ride. She, right. she don't know what's going on. Like, as far as Gia knows, as, as far as I can tell, she's just existing. Like, yeah. she was, she, as far, she was born the day that soon he told the Mudang to put her in that body. Like, yeah. uh, previous that, she don't know nothing. So, that's why I think, like, and now, it, like, after we find out that it is the Camille, like, when you see that opening scene where Gia is watching um, Last Train to St. Louis, she's absorbing all of it. It's, it's the, the Camille absorbing it. You mm. know? It's not Gia. Like, Gia probably hated Judy Garland, you know? But the Camille is like, nah, give me them MGM films. So it's it's we don't, but we don't know how old Gia was when she got killed to say she right. needed Garland. True. True. How long this been going on? How and long this like been the, body? The Garland thing, the movies was just her trying to absorb as much human emotion as she could. Yeah. Yeah. No. I felt like that was for her purpose to get the hundred men. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like recon. Mm. Okay, cool, cool. So through watching all these Julie Garland films um, and learning how to actually have emotions, the Camille finds out that it has feelings for Atticus. So voices those to Soon He. Soon He's like, nah, you got to get out of here with that bullshit. Um, he killed your best friend. You're not making sense. I want my daughter back. So the next day, uh, Gia goes to the base to basically, I don't know, break up with Atticus. Um, but Atticus comes out, they're talking, and she basically lets her know, you kill my best friend, which Atticus doesn't even remember because he's killed so many people probably. And he's he's like, yo, why would you hold on to that and let me like you? Why would you do that? And she straight up says, I was going to kill you. <laughs> so I'm like, damn, that's... I love her gangster, up. bro. Yeah. Right? I, was I love like, her gangster. She let him know. This is why... I let him know exactly the moment, exactly what it was, exactly what I was going to kill you for. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> yeah. Gia Hive, all done. So after basically telling Atticus all this stuff, she she basically goes back to... What what Young Ja told her about we have to stop letting their fear shapes us, and she drops the other piece of dialogue that I think is probably the best in the episode. We both done monstrous things, but that does not make us monsters. We could be the people we see in each other. We just have to choose to be. And I think I love that. Real, yeah, it's real powerful because they've both done some like really fucked up shit. <laughs> like like she's killed ninety nine men. And and he's killed who knows how many people in one right next to her, right? Um, but two, you know. But for but them to to find solace in each other and kind of want to be better than than what's been for the situation. 
yeah, you know, was was really was really dope, and it's just like I, I'm I'm so on board with with Atticus and Gia Giacus, I guess. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> we'll, we'll try no, something it, else. It reminds later. me too much of Jadakiss. I can't. Gotcha. Yeah, I can't yeah, go yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll work on it. We'll work on it. Yeah. Um, but uh, after this, <laughs> that that great piece of dialogue. Um. Tick gets laid for the first time. He loses his virginity. That was a really good scene, though. It really was. It really yeah. was. The first sex scene Yeah, that, that they had. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, they have sex for the first time. So how do we feel about the... I mean, well, we already talked about the love story between the two of them, but how do we feel about, like, as how it's progressing thus far? I mean, I thought it was just very, like, what's the word? Innocent, in a way. Like, to see that innocence in Atticus of it being his first time. It's like, they're, you know, they're really good at showing the emotions that these people are going through during these scenes. Like like the one with Montrose last week, just showing their their emotions on their face that they're going through as they're having these sex scenes. That glob of spit and... and yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, Sean? Uh, yeah, but like, you know, I don't mean, like, how do you guys, as being males and having sex for the first time, do do you relate to this his reaction or uh I I, I mean I lasted longer than never, his first time I've never uh, seen that much spit in my life no 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 we're, we're talking we're talking about sticking t- 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 oh. G oh. yeah we're off that we're off. you see he just blacks out whenever that scene gets brought up Bro, I, like, he he's like five minutes back in the conversation but you know what I find interesting though not to go backwards but like. The fact that he's hung, he's kind of hung up on that scene, but you guys kind of glazed over the rape scene with the stiletto. Like you, you didn't seem to feel too much about that scene. <laughs> oh no, I've been talking about that scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've definitely been talking about that scene. Sean actually talked to me about that yesterday when I was taking him <laughs> up to the airport. Okay. He actually brought but, that up. You, got, you, you kind of delved into when uh, to met Ta- Tamara. And Paul, you kind of delve into that, but you didn't really, I didn't really ask you guys how you felt about seeing someone being, a man being raped with a stiletto by a woman. Like, I mean, that looked well, like... It, it I was like okay it with it because he was okay with raping a woman earlier. So I was like, yep, what goes around comes around. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, but yeah, that's... I thought it was quite, yeah, I thought it was quite entertaining a, to watch. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> He got sodomized with a naughty black stiletto. I mean, bro, I was just thinking of like the visceral. She ain't spit at all. (laughs) Well, he lubricated it. He lubricated it. He he licked the hill. He definitely (laughs) licked the hill. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that scene, it was a bit much. Um, It was uh, like, I don't don't see, like, the scenes don't, like, gore doesn't bother me. Um, Right. Stuff like that. But yeah, she she like repeatedly jammed that stiletto. That's what I mean. Just the violation part. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, just even like when you watch prison movies, just to see a man being violated in that way, like it has to like, you know, relate to you in some... It, it would relate to me if the man wasn't a rapist. <laughs> they had their rapist vibe about him. Yeah. I'm like, I'm yeah. like I'm, 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 when I used to watch Oz and someone got raped in jail, usually they were a rapist, and I'm like, okay, 
He deserves this. I have no compassion for this guy at this point. Do you think he deserves that level of punishment? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're okay reading somebody? Yeah. And like when I first saw it, I didn't think about it like that, but I'm like, damn, like, did he deserve like all that? That was kind of. I was like, yeah, at like, moment, like at his moment, ass is weak. Like, at least. At like, yeah, some kind of, you know. And you see his personality, you see the man he was. Like, he only followed, he only hired her because he wanted to have sex with her. And right. then he got, he got her an opportunity by herself. He tried to rape her. Now, luckily, they were at a bar with some people there. And God forbid, she was somewhere by herself. Right. Right. He would have did it. No one believed her. He would have right. got away with it. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's what that scene at the end at the end was. It was like, you know what? You would have got away with this. Yeah. If you weren't I, in, 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 like I said, I, did, I didn't get a chance to ask you guys how you felt. I mean, like I know how I felt about it. I was like, yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't. I was cheering for it when it was going on. I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh God. No loop. No loop. Well, it was a little loop. Little loop. Little loop. Little loop. Not mine. Well, at that point, the blood was lubing it. (laughs) At that point, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's no friction. No, Um, no. So. He ain't got no walls after that experience. He's done. Okay. So, after Tick gets laid for the first time, uh, Gia goes to assume he and basically is like, look, I had sex and I didn't kill the man. So how you like that? Uh, soon he is like, well, did you tell him what you are? So no, soon he was like, oh, so now you've, you've turned my daughter into a monster and a whore. Um, I was like, damn, that's fucked up. But I mean, like, I get where she's coming from. You know what I mean? Like, like soon he is no bigger monster, no no much bigger a monster than Gia is or Atticus is. Or Montrose. Or Montrose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And for the most part, they all did things that in their minds they thought was the best course of action. So right. you know. So she tells her that and it was like, yo, have you told him what you are? She's like, nah. And then she's like, Well, basically, you're gonna kill him sooner or later. It's what you do. So, uh, we fast forward a little bit. We get the winter in Korea. Um, they're still at the house. Like, soon he doesn't kick anyone out, apparently. Um, Atticus and Gia are playing in the snow. They go inside. She's reading the legend of the Camille to him and basically telling him, like, look, I can kill you at, at you know, like, you need to know this shit. So he, all he's thinking about is I can rotate out of here. So he opens up, lets her know. She's like, he's like, well, I could stay. She's like, nah, bro, you hate this war. I wouldn't do that to you. Not for me. And then he's like, well, why don't you come with me? And uh, what did she say? Oh, there's so much you don't know about me. And then they start to have sex. And then during sex, she can't hold him back this time. The, she tries to hold them back with her hands. He sees them clear. And then the the tails from her eyes come out and connect into his. She sees his entire past, throws him onto the ground. 
then she has visions of past and future. Yeah. So now it's yeah, because she killed him. She didn't have visions of the future until she threw him on the ground. Because once she threw him on the ground, she no longer was going to kill him. But she was able to see the end of his, he didn't see the entirety of his life. Right, right. And she was never able to do that before because she killed yeah, all the other Because she killed them all. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we go through the past, we see we see Atticus with with Dora flying a kite. We see him reading, um, reading the book, basically like in the dark. Then we see his father beating him. And after this, his father's beating him, then what do we see? Was it another sexual experience? I think no. he went to the war. That's we see we see yeah 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 we he see him go, yeah we see him go to the war then we see him pulling young Jaws teeth out yeah um and then i think that's when it cuts and then she s- turns around and stands up no right, then we see a it, sex scene then we see another sex scene right right this is that's when it throws him down mm-hmm. and then she sees the future yeah then she sees um she sees him go to Chicago. No, she sees him in Florida. And that's where the other sex scene is. And then she sees him getting a bus to Chicago. Then we see Letty. And then we see, I guess it's Atticus dying. Getting baptized. Yeah, yeah Getting right. baptized. Yeah, we saw him get baptized. Yeah. And then we see him dying. And that's when she's, that's when she's delivers the, the don't go home you'll die, you know? And it kind of spins it because in the first episode when he makes that call and she answers and talks, it sounds like she's more evil spirit than a cautionary tale. You know what I mean? She's not warning him. She's basically like, you know what I mean? But now you see the entire time she was warning him. Warning him, don't go. And she's like, I'll go with you. And she's like, I'll go with you. Right. So that part was cool, um, but I mean, appropriately, he's freaking the fuck out. He runs out of there. Um, don't touch me. He goes back to America, obviously, and then um, but after then she, being, when he runs out. She's trying to tell him, she's like, "I'm Kukuyo. Like, you really think? Yeah, that? <laughs> he ain't trying to hear that shit at this time. I mean, but you, but you know what? We find through this experience, we find out that Atticus has dealt with monsters before everything that he deals with once he goes back home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe that's how he's able to adapt so well. And just I think of, so. Yeah. yeah, I think now he's more he's more susceptible to this crazy shit. He's like, all right, if 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 I could deal with that in, in Korea, then okay monsters in the woods he he just keeps it running because he he doesn't take time to sit down and really think about the shit process yeah he's always moving like you see letty's freaking the fuck out you see montrose is basically he's shell-shocked but atticus just keeps going you know and i think that's because of this experience with gia um so Gia, uh, her mother comes, I guess, does her mother come into the room or she goes to her mother? Yes, yeah, she, she's in her mother's room. She's in okay. her mom's room crying, yeah. Right, and um, her mom pretty much embraces her now and I guess she understands like, yo, my daughter's gone. I have to pretty much accept you. Yeah. Um, even though I, I see glimpses of my daughter in you, so I know that there are some aspects of her there, but 
what what was mine isn't coming back anymore. I think she's pretty much come to terms with that. So she decides to take Gia to the Mundang to um, find out what's going on um, about this vision since she decided not to kill this last person. And the Mundang pretty much is like, yo, you came here. Uh, I need it. You came with 99 lives. You need one more. Like, <laughs> like that's a problem. So what, what what's up? So then G is basically asking about Atticus. I saw his future. I saw he was going to die. What does it mean? And the Mundang is pretty confused because she's like, yo, what are you worrying about human problems for? You're on some other shit. Like, Right. Like you're 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 allowing this shit to become too personal. Like, and it's for the same reason why you call this one mother. Like you want that, you love, like, nah, that's not what you do. And yeah. then she tells her that countless deaths are she'll see countless deaths before the end of her journey. And right. that goes back to what me and Rosalind was talking about earlier with the mother. Like, do you got full confirmation that if you get these hundred lives? that your daughter is going to come back to you. Right. Right. So after you get the dialogue with the mundane, it's like, all right, after you get these hundred lives, what exactly is going to happen? Right. Like, well, she said, you haven't fully, let's say you haven't fully come to the dark side yet. Yeah. You haven't something fully ex- accepted your darkness or yeah. your darkness or something like that. But it's like, yeah, what, what does that mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, when she get those hundred lives, what exactly is going to happen? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, see, I mean, at this point now, I think the hundred lives don't even matter. Like she already tried to come back to her with ninety nine, and she's like, "Nah, yeah. I said a hundred. That's what so, I mean. I'm wondering if she does happen to sleep with somebody and get a hundred, would that do anything? Like, would that matter? Or is the mom making now? Obviously, the mom is trying to make a new deal now. It yeah. seems like so I think I think the terms have changed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's there's no turning back now. Um is Gia coming to America? Do we think that's gonna happen? I, eventually. I mean she don't get into here. Like I mean, I don't think he's going back to Korea. I would like to see Gia in America. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, I'm all about more Gia. Gia Letty on screen. Sorry. Yeah, right, Gia and Letty. Oh man. So like a good episode. Yeah, I'm I'm with mm-hmm. I'm with more Gia. Um did anybody watch the preview to next week? I did. It I did. You did watch the preview? Yeah, I, I watched usually the preview. don't. I usually don't. Oh man. I'm excited. I'm really yeah. excited. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm off of this episode already. I'm like, I can't wait to see next week. It looks amazing. Yeah. I've been wondering what this thief been doing. Oh yeah, <laughs> this thief. <laughs> I've been wondering what this thief been doing, where she's been at. Yeah, now I get, now I get my answers. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to this episode. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm actually gonna reread this chapter because it's it's one of my favorite chapters in the book. Mm. Um, it, it's called Hippolyta Disturbs the Universe. I think it's a great title for a chapter. Um, and and Hippolyta is such a good character. Hippolyta. I mean, I call it Hippolyta. That's that's how the Greeks say it. Mm. Um, but one thing I never noticed that that I didn't even think about: her name is Hippolyta, and her daughter is Diana. That's Hippolyta is uh, the mother. Uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, Mother mm. Wonder Woman. I, mm. I didn't think I never connected that. Oh until, shoot! Yeah, so that's pretty cool. That's pretty clever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Really word. I'm with you. Nice little fun fact. Oh yeah. Good catch. But um, yeah, I'm excited for next week. This was a cool episode. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed most of it was in Korean, as we said before. Um, I like Gia. Uh, I like the dynamic that she brings into Atticus's life. Um, I'm, I'm like you said, I'm interested to see uh, Gia and Letty in a room together. That sounds. Well, that being said, with these new characters, these new side stories, new revelations. That's, it's going to keep bringing. I'm going to keep asking this question: Do we think it's just going to be a one-off miniseries, or are they going to continue this? I'm, I'm, I'm going to say a one-off. I'm, you know what? This is what I'll say. I'll say it's, it's, it's going to be more than one season, but it won't be like this year, next year, the year mm-hmm. after. I think it's going to be this year, and I think we won't see the next season for probably like two years, three years, maybe. Oh, wow. I, th- I think it's going to take a while. I don't think it's like, going to be. A how long did we find, how long until we find out that Watchmen was only a limited series? Um, It was rumored pretty much from the rip. Oh, really? Nah, I thought that yeah, was, it was, it was rumored. Nah, it was, it was rumored early that it was just going to be a one-off. And then as the, like months progressed, that's when it pretty much solidified. But yeah, the rumors were always out there that that Linda Lindelof wasn't going to do another one. Um, but with this, uh, there's only one book. Like, and the way that they're progressing the characters, it, I don't see how they're even leaving space to. Like at this point, like the only stories for me by the end of the season, you're only going to be able to tell stories going forward. Like there, there's no diving into the history. There's no, unless what you want to talk about George and Montrose when they was kids. But as far as we know, they didn't see no crazy shit. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's is just one season. I'd be completely fine with that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm, I'm anti exploitation. So. You know. If it's done good, I'm with it. Uh, if 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 if, if, if it extends the story in a tasteful manner, I'm okay with it. Yeah, Game of Thrones did that for for six so, seasons. So you know, probably Game of Thrones, they just had two guys that just didn't know how to write a story <laughs> because the show started to take a turn when they got above the source material. They yeah. just didn't know how to. And then what makes it bad is they got the end of the story. They didn't know how to just to write a captivating enough story to get to that point. And then they got then they started rushing because they thought Disney's about to give them a huge Star Wars contract. So they did it to themselves, man. Yeah. I mean, any way you cut it, that end was trash. But, <laughs> <laughs> but this I was, wanted Danny to take over the world. Uh Danny? Yeah, that would have been cool. That would've been cool. Oh, I you know what? Danny. You know what? I, look, look. Um, everybody, everybody talk. Oh, she killed everybody in King's Landing. I didn't like none of them since season one, episode nine, to begin with. So I'm okay. You know I what? Mean, I'm okay with her dying. Uh, I just don't like her death. I don't like how at the end, like when John killed her or whatever, then what's the name? Drogon? Yeah. Drogon came up and looked like, what the hell? Like, I felt like he should have been like, all right, John, we out. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I thought he should have burnt John. No, I thought, and even if he did, I felt like John would have not got burnt. He was saw that. 
And it was, John ain't the John is not the unburnt. He ain't no no no. He ain't taking Danny's spot. Listen, ever since okay, season he's one, not, he's, not the, he's not true, full, incestuous blood. He's not a pure blood, <laughs> you know, whatever. But he is still. The show should have leaned into the fantasy. Listen, ever since season one, when they cut off on that Stark hit, I ain't care about nobody in King's Landing. Yeah. Like, they, they cheered. Okay. Now, now we got a couple years later, you, you get what's coming to you. But this is episode six of Lydia's Last Guest slash Game of Thrones yeah. podcast. So we'll talk to y'all next week. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Nah, no, nah, we keeping this in. Y'all have a good one. All right. <laughs> all right. Lord.